Hey, welcome to the Remo Tlale Life and Faith Podcast, a long-form podcast designed to help you thrive in your life as well as in your faith. Hey, quick one while listening to this episode, I just want to remind you of a partnership with Good Cup. Good Cup is a South African female-owned coffee brand with a mission to provide good coffee while driving community engagement and service. Good Cup also provides coffee truck event services throughout the city of Johannesburg for special occasions. So if you are having a wedding, an event, or a conference that you require coffee for, please email them at goodcupbrand at gmail.com. And if you love coffee, like I do, uh, then the great news for you is that this partnership allows you to get a discount on any single origin coffee purchase that you make on their websites. And all you have to do is type in the discount code, code FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, FAITH, uh, on checkout and it will apply to your purchase. So please go check them out. We'll have links to the business on in the show notes. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So grateful that you've decided to join us. Did want to give you the quick heads up that this is a part two of a two-part conversation that I had with Lerato Nube. So if you have not listened to part one, I would like to encourage you and hopefully be helpful to you to say, you know, go back and listen to part one that, you know, kind of moves swiftly into part two. There's no like new introduction or anything like that. This is that new introduction. And so we just pick up where the conversation kind of was left from last time. But this in standing on its own is also a great episode. So if you want to start with this one, then go back. That's also okay. Thank you again for listening. And I hope you find this helpful to help you thrive in life as well as in your faith. Okay, so let's let's talk about friends because I feel like you you mentioned that the friendships uh, have have helped you. She's dancing on the screen for those of you you can't see her because you're listening to the podcast, so she's throwing me off here. But you you mentioned that friends are have just been so important in helping you, especially through the difficult times. Uh, but at the same time, you mentioned that you used to be a loner. So uh, talk to me as to what what is what has kind of helped you shift from realizing, man. Okay, the loner way is not necessarily the way. And we're not saying, and I want, because people will text me, I know. I'm not saying being an introvert or having a small circle of friends is wrong. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, and we, I think, is the the community that's around the podcast can all agree that having at least a couple of friends, even even if it's two or three, that are really close, strong, serious friends, like like you said, who can call you higher, is important but i want to know how you came to that understanding or how what made you realize that that was necessary okay i think it's important firstly that i have my own issues as a person okay okay i don't i don't mind speaking about my issues you must know that about me yeah? mm-hmm. uh and you know that about me because you're my friend mm-hmm. um so the reason why i was alone now was because i had certain issues that i needed to deal with Number one, I think I remembered this the other day. When I was five, a girl stole my dress and she was my friend. And from then on, I didn't like friends because they steal, you see? So I needed to work through my own issues. Mm. And I don't want us to just spiritualize it because there's a psychological aspect to it where you need to deal with 
your emotional traumas and your emotional mm-hmm. baggage. Yeah. Um, and I think also in primary school, I would see people laugh at their friends and I decided I don't want to have friends. You know, yeah. that was just formative years, way of thinking. And that's what I carried out throughout high school. Sure. Um, and so when I became a disciple, yes, you know, you forgive people, you move on. But the reality is their life traps formed and there are yeah. things you need to work on uh, to be Christ-like. Yeah. One of the things is that God calls us to be hospitable people. God calls mm-hmm. us to be um, a light to the world. And mm-hmm. by me being to myself and not creating relationships, I'm not going to make disciples, number one. I'm sure. not going to be a light in to the world because I'm not going to be hospitable. I'm going to tell people, hey, don't come to my house uh, or don't come to my res, (laughs) you know? So I needed to work on my perceptions and the traumas. And that was the psychological aspect. I went for my therapy. Therapy is good. It helps you work through a lot of your problems, a lot of your issues. Uh, so that you have healthy a healthy way of interacting with people. Mm-hmm. So my friends were created on campus because okay. once I dealt with my issues, I could connect with all of my friends and uh, connect with people and work through having good relationships. Okay. And yeah, I forgot Got your you. question. Excuse me. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I will. We'll keep. We'll keep chatting. I. Uh, I want to underline the therapy is good, um, mm. and, and I hope that I say it enough times and I champion it enough times uh, here on the podcast. Um, it's. It is okay. It is not. It's not lack of faith. It is not a anti-Christian thing to do. Uh, therapy, getting help for your mental health and and emotional trauma, like you said, things you've dealt with, psychological issues, is okay. And I, I want to make sure that I express that clearly. Um, but, but I like that you mentioned there that actually you feel like, man, you had to deal with some of those things because it, it is, it's true. I mean, a five-year-old girl having a dress stolen would make you think at five years old, girl, you know, friend equals theft. That's just, you know, that's not, that's not going to fly for me. Uh, and I'm now thinking back to the story you shared about the boyfriend and the friends of the newspaper at, at, in high school. I'm thinking that probably all that does is just reinforces the trauma of man. Not only do friends steal, but they also lie behind your back. They also do this, they also do that. And so those, those things can be very real. But you said it, it was, it was form, you know, your formative friendships were the friendships that you formed on campus in your student years. And what are some of the things that you guys got up to? Because I think so many people I speak to, um, whether it's people that are within the church or people that I meet out in the world, they're like, yeah, no, me and this guy, we've been mates since. And it's, it almost always goes back to varsity. There's a couple of people like you who keep friends that are longer than that, you know, high school days and what have you. But a lot of people, a lot of people will say, man, man, we met in varsity and since varsity, you know, things have been radically different. So what are some of the things that you got up to with some of your friends? I think varsity is the time when you know you're, you pretty much have an idea of who you are and you're comfortable mm. in it. I don't mm. know if you fully ever know yourself because you're always sure. discovering. But anyway, so it's the time when you're free. You don't have your mom on your neck about curfew. You are staying at res and we had great time. We had, we would pray together on the Tuesday morning on campus 
We would have dinners together on campus. We would have encouragement dates that brothers were called higher during my time uh, <laughs> to encourage the sisters and would mm-hmm. have, you know, like brother encouragement days, sister encouragement days. Sure. And, you know, we would have study sessions together where we would all study together, you know, mm-hmm. and that I felt like those memories just felt uh, built our relationships you know they yeah. built our relationships in such a way that we had each other's back you yeah. know um yeah so memories we had camps together we had road trips together mm. um yeah it was just a whole lot of memories that i countless countless yeah. Yeah. tease each other when people flop would tease you and would <laughs> laugh it helps us grow when we laugh together <laughs> Yes, yeah. No, I love it. And I mean, you know, we I think we obviously met uh, just about that same period. Like, I think you were a little bit ahead of me in the journey of this life thing, um, especially with varsity and stuff. But I remember, like you saying, a lot of that, that's this, a lot of the stuff that even now we look back and we laugh at that, you know, the stories of those people or those situations or those times that we did those things, um, you know, kind of still cultivate that same level of like uh, camaraderie and, and pulling together. And the reason I wanted you to share it is, to, is twofold. One is for the person who is in those campus years that so many mm-hmm. people are missing out on. And I know COVID, COVID messes, has messed us up. I get that. But man, yeah. make, you know, to make the most of, of the opportunity, because like you say, and I want to talk about work here in a little bit, but once you leave campus, life changes, you know, real quick. <laughs> and and yeah. now we're married. That's a different level of, you know, like everything just kind of compounds. And so, um, yeah, I want, one, I want to be able to say that. Uh, but two, I also want to be able to, to, for the parents or people who influence young people to encourage them to create memories, encourage them to be out a little bit later than what, you know, may seem appropriate sometimes and trust that actually, you know, the 2 a.m. McFlurry really is just a 2 a.m. McFlurry. It's not them yes. somehow reverting back to their worldly days and going, you know, going to yes. go get, you know, wasted or what have you. As long as they remain disciples of Christ, some of them, eh? <laughs> Actually, wait, now that you say that, didn't you have a party that got a little bit out of hand at some point? Hence why I'm saying, hey, because we need to be careful. Look, that is not, brilliant. not everyone, not everyone on this road, the Bible even says it, you know, sure. not sure. everyone who is on this road will continue on on this road yeah. or really has made Jesus Lord of their life. You know, mm. and we all need to be very careful with the sure. decisions we make. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So maybe sure. ice cream at 2 a.m. is not beneficial. Uh, sure. Ice cream at 9, 10, yeah, you know. Okay. Uh, okay. But all even right. then, it depends if it's a brother and sister that like each other. They mustn't be doing that. Uh, sure. It's not advisable. Yes, yes, okay. I'm just saying it's not advisable. You know, many (laughs) who have gone down that road have uh, made mistakes. Mm, But yeah, like I, I made that. I made a mistake. You know, Mm. um, had my twenty first birthday. It was a nice. We had what we call neighbor goods market in Bramfontein. Mm. Nice spot. You have your lunch. You know, and uh, everyone was invited from every ministry because on campus I had all kinds of friends from every ministry and i also had an after party yeah i forgot the name of the place 
but it was a place opposite a neighbor goods market. Um, and it was like a pubish vibe. Okay. You asked me about alcohol earlier. Yes, I do drink alcohol, uh, but I don't get drunk. Mm -hmm. You know, once I became a disciple, that's a conviction. It's biblical, you know, don't get drunk because it's sin. Uh, so for me, we disciples, everyone has the convictions, you know, but then you realize not everyone is at the same place that you are at. So you need to make wise decisions about how you do your events and how you you celebrate because you need to care for everyone yeah. in whatever space they are in. And yeah, yeah people got drunk. Disciples got mm. drunk. Mm. You know, disciples were kissing and doing the sure. most impurity. Yeah. And, you know, now... I had I had created a space or an mm-hmm. atmosphere that readed sin. Sure. And so you just need to be careful what environments you create. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as a disciple, you want to create an environment that fosters spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a party, whether it's a chilling session, whether it's a games night, movie night, whatever. You don't want to yeah. be reading creating an environment that breeds sin. So sure. mm, that's so good. I'm actually glad we went there. I, I, thanks for correcting me. So maybe not too, not maybe not 2 a.m. Uh, but no, but but I, I think I, I think there's a there's a tight line, right? That we have to walk <laughs> there. Where like you're saying, you know, let's have fun. Let's 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 enjoy one another's company. Let's enjoy living this life because life is a lot of the design is around enjoyment. Uh, there's so much yeah. that God gives us to be able to enjoy. Um, but like you said, I think, and I, I like the way that you, you phrase that, that if you create an environment for sin, then that's where the issue lies. Where, when we create kind of environments and spaces where that happens. But it gives me a great segue because in, in good friendships, in most good friendships, you have to have hard conversations. Now, like yeah. you're saying, right, people came to your 21st, and these were your friends, people that you thought, hey, we all believe the same stuff. We're all convicted the same way. You know, this is kind of, yeah, for, for lack of a better term, these are the, the beliefs that we all share. And and what seemingly happened is it proved that not everybody, said, people were saying they believe the same thing as you, but not necessarily were living that way. And so yeah. talk to me a little bit about hard, I'm not saying those conversations, those hard conversations. I'm just saying, talk to me about hard conversations where, man, you see a friend beginning to veer off, or maybe a friend saw you beginning to go a little bit left of what you said when you claimed Jesus to be Lord. Uh, and, and how do you have those kind of hard conversations? Well, you first pray about it. I've mm. had to grow. Look, my character and, and who I am, I'm a straight shooter. Like, I'll mm. hey, and I'll just say what I'm thinking. Like, sure. So I've had to learn to be tactful. Mm. Okay. So hard conversations are inevitable. Everyone in this world will have to have hard conversations because, you know, God has placed us in spaces where we have to grow. And part of growing is standing in your truth, standing in your truth, in your convictions, standing in your truth about who God is and standing up for God. You know, Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate example of that. Um, where he's like, you know, he tells you straight, you know, you are a sinner. I love you, but you're a sinner. <laughs> he tells you straight. So many examples in, in the Gospels where he did that. So I think for me, 
I've, I've had to grow in how I say things. I've never struggled telling people that they, you are sinning and it's not mm-hmm. godly. But I think yeah. I've struggled in how I said it. Yeah. Because I would leave and the person is hurt, more hurt than ever. And they're not sure. convicted to actually change and grow in their relationship. They're convicted wow. in actually saying that church is horrible and this disciple is horrible because yeah. of how they said it. So having real conversations, I think I've, I've learned that the best way is first to pray about it. Mm. Um, first see where the person is at. You know, what type of space are they at? Are they in a space mm. to hear you out? Yeah. come from a place of understanding. So asking sure. them questions like, okay, so what were you thinking? How how did you arrive at that decision? Or how did you find yourself in a situation like that? So mm. that you can understand their mental space before you hit them with scripture. And then, you know, you first see whether they understand that that's a sin or they understand that that's not right how they behave. Mm. Some issues, you know, some issues are clear sins. Eh? Yeah. Some issues are gray areas because it's a matter of maybe cultural opinion or background mm. opinion. Like you, you don't just get to a person's house and you, you come empty handed. That's an opinion mm. matter. Sure. <laughs> you know, you come, you don't leave and you don't say, you have to say thank you, you know, mm. An opinion matter, cultural matter, you know, so you have to look at the two different spaces. You know, is this a clear sin that I'm dealing with or am I dealing with here an opinion matter and I need to understand the person's culture, their background, how they grew up. With sin, you know, it's more easy because we just go back to the Bible, you know, because it's like, okay, what were you thinking? How did you get to that decision? Okay, let me correct you. Do you understand that this is a sin? Let's yeah. go to the scripture. And that's the first time you helps, help the person out. That's the first yeah. hard conversation. They do it again. Then the conversation is, let's see how God feels about sin. Yeah. <laughs> and it's more uh, a rebuking tone than it is correcting. Yeah. Uh, with opinion matters, it's more like, okay, how do we, how do we get you to be more loving as a disciple? Do you think how you acted was unlo- was loving or unloving, you know, sure. because sometimes our backgrounds in as much as, you know, it's not really a sin. Some of the things or the things we've learned or practice based on our background and how we're raised are not really biblical in the yeah. sense that it can be unloving. Yeah. You know, in my culture, we after you eat, we chase you out. Okay. Let's go back to the Bible. What does it say about being hospitable? You know, mm. these people felt at home. They felt loved. Um, mm. Sorry, I'm going to keep saying hospitable because I'm studying out. <laughs> that in my, sure. in my quiet time. So I think sure. I'm, I'm even more convicted. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know? great. People could stay until the end, until the next day, you know. That's mm. biblical. Some cultures have nailed that. Others haven't, you know. Yeah. But what is biblical? So you have yeah. to you have to come back to what does it look like biblically. Sure. 
I love that you brought that up because I think even even as we talk about friendships, it's easy to talk as if all your friends are like you and all of your friends think the same yeah. as you. And so I yeah. think like you say, you know, great. Let, and I, I'm a big proponent for this. Let's have hard conversations. And when people see, man, Remo, you're being, you know, selfish or prideful or impure or whatever with the, you know, sin issue, like you say, when it's almost somewhat clear cut. Um, let's let's have hard, those hard conversations. But I love the yeah. fact that you brought in culture there. And, and kind of background, because I know you to be one who has a diverse friendship group. Uh, again, was fortunate enough to be at your wedding and have, uh, you know, you were actually one of Pali's bridesmaids and she was one of yours. And, you know, so I've been able to see your circle of friends, technically, because we're yeah. also in the same circle of friends. But but talk to me about how do you navigate that? How do, how do you have, because there are hard conversations that have to be had that are actually can almost feel closer to home because it's like, but that's who I am. Like yeah. how I was raised. This is, this is exactly. a backbone of my culture of, of who I am. So how do you navigate those sorts of spaces and maybe helping someone to move a certain direction, to think a certain way, or even for you to be able to be okay with, man, this person did that and it's off-putting. How do you get yourself to a place where, okay, maybe I need to ask more questions. Maybe I need to clarify here to get some more understanding. I'm going to say you pray and then you start off with understanding. I know that sure. it's going to be, it's going to be the, the theme, I guess, of this, this uh, podcast, pray sure. and then you ask. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> um, so it starts off, I think for me, yes, the Lord has definitely blessed me. I've got Indian colored, white friends, you know, peep Chinese. Oh, you're friends, black for people who don't know. Sorry. Yeah, you didn't black. mention black, but you're black. So yeah. Okay, yes. And all types of friends from different mm-hmm. cultures and even within their cultures i've also mm-hmm. had different friends who, who deal with things differently yeah so i think navigating culture needs you to firstly be open-minded mm-hmm. and to not always believe how you were raised is the way mm-hmm. but it's also very important for you to also understand that certain cultures dominate more than other cultures and you need to be very careful uh, in how you navigate that. Sure. Because at times, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, you can edit it afterwards. In our church, you know, it's more Western culture. Mm-hmm. So at times it can be very, and we've grown, we've taken time to grow and, you know, to um, have different cultures combined, but dominantly it's Western so mm. at times when when people say oh but that's weird you know because mm. they don't understand you know the culture it's important for them you know to, for you to ask like why do you guys do it that way yeah. okay if it's not a sin then there's no need for it to be a, <gasps> a wow you know yeah because yeah. that's just how they do it in their culture and their reasons or, or a way in which they do it so mm-hmm. the, the way I've navigated culture and my friendship group is to always ask, like, yeah. why do you guys do it that way? Oh, okay. Um, and sometimes people don't know why they do it. Like, yeah. I, I honestly didn't know, like, getting married was a good indicator that I actually didn't know why certain things happen. <laughs> oh, why is this happening, you know? Yeah. then you you are able to get a better understanding of the person's culture and the person's background and sometimes some of these things are not even sin their opinion mm. matters yeah but because of how you're raised we are quick to be like oh that's weird you know um 
instead of embracing it. So yeah. part of having, you know, people from different backgrounds, different cultures, you need to train yourself to embrace those cultures because God created them. Mm-hmm. Embracing it doesn't mean it becomes who you are. It just yeah. means that you're willing to understand the other person and where they come from, you yeah. know. Um, and I've seen that as I've grown in getting to know different people, different cultures, that mm-hmm. when you start understanding the culture, you actually get a better understanding of who they are, but yeah. you also get to embrace them and they feel loved and then yeah. your relationship grows. Sometimes yeah. culture can be a barrier to growth in relationships because oh, yeah. we are unwilling to embrace each other. We are more so willing to tell people that you do it the way my culture does it, which I think is so prideful <laughs> because your culture is not the only culture that God created. <laughs> you know, so when you are able to embrace and understand and to to pray through some of your own inner battle, you know, because... Yeah. As individuals, yes, we are very judgmental. We are like, oh, that's weird. I don't do it that way. We do it this way, you know, and we're very much, that's our makeup. So when you pray over that, you actually see yourself becoming more like Jesus, who didn't see neither Jew nor Greek or Gentile or whatever. He saw people as people. You are not a Samaritan. You are not, he didn't identify you based on where you come from or your culture. He identified you as a person. Mm. And so that's what I strive to do in my relationships and in my friendships. <sighs> well, this is why this is why we had Lerato Mube on the podcast. My word. No, that is so good. It's so good because I think we live in such a like intensely polarized us versus them your culture versus my culture world especially to i don't know why but the last two years have just felt like it's the 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 volume on that conversation has gone up and 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 i want to be clear like rightfully so in some situations yes there's been hurt and and as a result of you know egregious sin and systems of sin uh, and brokenness of the world it's been it's been broken and terrible i get that i'm totally with that but it would be so nice if we could have like you just said you know, people who want to get to know people and who want to break down the barriers yeah. through understanding as opposed to build them up. Uh, because yeah. because like you, I, I'm grateful God has been kind enough. I, I get one, I have a, a, a diverse friendship circle, but also I get to serve in a diverse church. And so yeah. even how people do church, how people see Christ, uh, you know, the, the you know, how we read certain texts, how we all of those things is just it's so um, rich and diverse uh, but if I don't embrace it, it can be a stumbling block and a problem. Uh, yeah. But when I find that when I embrace it, I really can uh, enjoy it. So, uh, man, I I wanna I wanna talk very quickly about work. If you if if we can do that, uh, I know I know we're gonna have to run run soon here. Okay. But you are ambitious. Uh, to to put it lightly, how many degrees do you have? Can you actually yeah, maybe let me give you the platform. Can you do your qualification? Ah. Your, just just tell us what are you qualified as? What are your qualifications? <laughs> Yo, okay. I have a BA majoring in sociology and law. I have an LLB bachelor of laws. I've got a master's in law. Yeah, I'm an admitted attorney. Yo, there's so many things, eh? 
I've got a few certificates and my bosses always laugh. They say there's not enough room to put your certificates. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. I, I... Yeah, so I've got advanced psychology, mediation, all these different, different types of certificates. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, okay, so... I practice law, let's just say that. that that's what you do. And, and I, I don't want, I'm not, and, and thank you for doing it graciously, I'm not trying to, like, you know, make your head any bigger or, or something like that. That's not the point of this conversation. The point is you have a desire to do exceptionally well at work. And, and I've known that since, the, since Varsity Days, you, you know, you are one of those people, yes, you'll be in a number of Bible studies, yes, you'll be at the campus ministry event, but you're also going to be in your books. You, you're just not yeah. going to allow the books thing to slip. Um, and so for some reason, I don't know, somewhere in the world, people think, you know, ministry and church should come over that. And I don't think that's incorrect. I just think you can do both exceptionally well. But I want to ask you, having an ambition, having ambition to do well at your job and being a Christian, how do you marry those two? Because that's the thing that young people struggle with. I'm going to use a woman in the Bible to answer that All question. Right. Let's go. So Lydia was the first convert convert in Europe, mm-hmm. right? She's a woman. Mm-hmm. And she was a businesswoman that sold the purple cloth. Mm-hmm. You do your Bible history, you understand why it was important then. Sure. Um, but nonetheless, because she got converted and she made Jesus Lord of her life, she didn't only focus on her business but she pursued the kingdom of god through her business Mm. and people were at her house all the time you know i don't remember if it was paul or the two disciples that got arrested even Mm. after they got arrested went to her house because it was just a warm place where brothers and sisters met together uh, to worship god her whole family, her whole household was converted because of her faith. Sure. I use that example to say, you know, as women or as disciples, I'm not saying only women, um, God has given us so many examples of people that had a career mm-hmm. but were full-time disciples. You don't have to be in the full-time ministry to be a disciple. Mm. When you say Jesus is Lord, you are a full-time disciple. That Mm. means that in whatever space God has placed you in, you excel. Not for your own glory, but for Jesus' glory. You know? So why do I start with that background? Because that's what motivates me as an individual. I don't achieve what I achieve for myself. I achieve it not only to advance God's kingdom, but to be able as well to be free to one day maybe travel to another place and have that flexibility of Mm -hmm. making disciples while I can pay for myself being there, you know? Um, So... Being a full-time disciple is not something that's a phenomenon now. It's biblical, you know. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, people can be like, ah, oh, but, you know, I've got so much this, I've got so much that, you'll always have so much this and so much that. Mm. Great examples in the Bible that balanced the two. 
or that we're in high positions and still were able to put God first. Deborah was a judge, you know, and she still put God first. Um, And so how you do it is sometimes you have, it goes through different seasons. I have to say that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always perfect where you are perfectly balancing the two, but you always need to strive to not only having work being your priority, but having God's kingdom as the priority. Yeah. And you always need to look at, okay, how is my life? Is my, is my home a place where disciples know they can come at any point, you know, whether you are single, whether you are married, whether you're on campus, you know, you create that environment where people know that I'm having a hard time. I'm going to go to this house because they know that it's a disciple home. It's a place of encouragement. It's a place of strengthening, you know. And your work life needs to also reflect that. When you are in the boardroom, people should see, I know there's a difference you know, we're so tempted when you're when you're around certain people to stop putting Christ first. Mm. Always strive to make Jesus Lord of your life in the boardroom. Yeah. Because yeah. in as much as people will persecute, some will persecute you, but the difference it makes in the space, never take it lightly. I've had people yeah. who have come back to me and said you know, I just, there's something different about you. And I smiled and I said, you know, it's because God is the center of my life. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, you know, I, I don't believe in God, but I just like how you dealt with the situation. And I said, okay, but if you want to deal with the situation that way, then put God at the center of your life. And, you know, weeks yeah. later, they say, I started praying and something, it's been weird. It's been a weird feeling. Yeah. Because each and every one of us is looking for something different, yet the difference is God. Yeah. <laughs> it's sure. as simple as that. Yeah. The That's so good. That is so good. I, I love even the, the, the idea that, that on the one hand, in your story that we've talked through today, you, you were part of creating a space where you felt like, man, you created a space that people could sin. And on the other side, you're saying what we actually have to be pursuing is to create spaces like our homes. And I know hospitality is big on your heart right now, um, but it's man, we it's we've got to create spaces where people can can flourish and people can can come in and be encouraged towards Christ and towards what it is that He is trying to do in them and through them. So I think that is just um, it's a yeah, that's just in in my mind such a great a, a great contrast for you know the two different ways that we can live live our lives. But, but how do you deal with, like you said, you don't do it so that it gets to your head. How do you make sure that it doesn't get to your head? How do you make sure you don't take the glory of, you know, so many certificates that your managers feel like or your bosses feel like they can't put them on the wall? Uh, how do you make sure that you keep that in check uh, that, man, God continues to get the glory? Yo, I think, you see, I told you, in my early years as a disciple, pride and humility were something that was dealt with very much mm-hmm. so. So I really don't know how how I got to this point. But what I can tell you is, Mm. um, I think understanding that, you know, (laughs) you know, when Job says, I, you know, God has taken away from me. It's Job chapter one. Mm. You know, I 
naked I came, naked I will depart from this earth. God has given, God has taken. Understanding, the understanding that everything I have is from God and is for God. He can decide when to take it away. He can decide when to add or when to subtract and how to add and how to subtract. That helps me stay humble because I have a full understanding. Firstly, that everything I have, God has given it to me. Yeah. If you know my background, you know that all those degrees, God paid for them. Yes, I was on a scholarship. But there were times where that scholarship could have been taken away. <laughs> and yeah. God, by his grace, has given me that scholarship. You know, every job I have had, God has given it to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every single cent that I get, God gives to me for a purpose. Yeah. And that has helped me, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. FOJ, focus on Jesus because mm. he's the one who gives. Yeah. Uh, and that's literally what makes me know. I, I really don't ever think of myself as being a high, high person or whatever. In actual fact, I, I always am. I'm always in the background. I try my best to be in the background. Sure. <laughs> sure. Even when you ask me to be on your podcast, I'm like, hey, well, how do I behave on a podcast? Because I'm the background girl. <laughs> how do I'm I behave on a podcast? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if, you know, and I, this is probably the terrible segue, but if, if, uh, if this is how you behave uh, as a background girl on a podcast, uh, man, many people can take great notes because, uh, Lerata, you have dropped an incredible amount of encouragement an incredible amount of challenge an incredible amount of wisdom um mm. you know on the podcast and, and i knew this coming in i think this is why and i said this to you before we started recording a number of people had said hey if you ever get the chance could you have Lerato on the podcast because we feel like she could be super helpful um and so this conversation has gone a lot deeper a lot further a lot wider than i expected and i know uh, to god be the glory for that but but uh, i want to say to you thank you thank you very much for coming on the podcast thank you so much for availing your time and being flexible We've even gone way over what we had originally allotted uh, for this call, but uh, this is going to be a great, a great, great, great resource for young people. Uh, and I want to end by giving you the final word to be able to say whatever you think is necessary, whatever you would like to say to young people to help them to thrive in life as well as in their faith. Yo, the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my last few words will be if you want to change the world or you want to change the space that you're in, don't focus so much on yourself. Focus on God. Sure. Focus on Jesus. And focus on listening to the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And the change will come. Sure. Thank you so much. But all I think is, once you put that in line, everything else comes through. Thank you for listening. For more thought-provoking conversations, subscribe to the Rima Klale Life and Faith Podcast. Please like, review, and share so that we can continue to help others thrive in their life as well as in their faith.